Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hälsosnack produceras av hälsocoacherna Lotta Lagerqvist och Victoria Karinci i syfte att inspirera till ett hälsosammare och härligare liv. Lotta och Victoria driver också hälsoföretaget Vitalista där de erbjuder hälsocoaching enskilt i grupp och online. Läs gärna mer på vitalista.se. Vi vill rikta ett stort tack till vår sponsor Selexir. I människokroppen är det mitokondrier som producerar energin. När vi blir äldre minskar våra mitokondrier i antal och blir mindre effektiva, vilket resulterar i att energin minskar och åldrandet påskyndas. Som tur är kan denna process fördröjas med hälsosam träning, kost och näring i kombination med en låg stressnivå. Selexir är ett helt nytt kostnedskott som stöttar kroppens föryngrande processer och hjälper dig som vill bli piggare och få bättre återhämtning. Selexir innehåller endast naturliga ämnen, bland annat koenzym Q10, PQQ, acetyl-L-karnitin och chialit. Selexir erbjuder nu hälsosnackslyssnare två olika rabatter. Med koden hälsosnack får du två förpackningar av Selexir för priset av en. Och med koden hälsosnack15 får du 15% rabatt på ett abonnemang. Läs mer och beställ på selexir.se. Lotta. Hej Victoria! Och hej du som lyssnar och voilà! Här kommer ett nytt avsnitt av Hälsosnack. Och idag är det dags för vår allra första intervju på engelska. Ja oh, herregud, det var lite nervigare än vanligt. Svårt det där att få fram de rätta orden i stundens hetta. Ja men visst är det så, men jag tycker ändå att det gick ganska bra ändå. Och den här intervjun är med amerikanska Dr. Marcus Gutelep som är specialistläkare i vävnadsregenerering och dessutom författare till boken Growing Young, A Doctor's Guide to the New Anti-Aging. Ja, och i den här intervjun så delar Marcus med sig av sina kunskaper inom anti-aging. Hur du faktiskt med kost, livsstil och vissa kosttillskott och näringsämnen kan stoppa åldrandet i kroppen och stötta dess föryngrande processer istället. Och det var väldigt många som var intresserade av att vinna kosttillskottet Selexir som ju är baserat på Dr. Gittles råd. Och nu har du chansen igen. Två lyckliga vinnare får två stycken förpackningar Selexir, alltså hela två månaders förbrukning. 
Och i veckans nyhetsbrev kommer tävlingsfråga och instruktioner. Så se till att prenumerera på det. Och om du inte redan är prenumerant så gå in på vitalista.se och anmäl dig. Ja, och följ oss också gärna på Instagram på att hälsosnack med Lotta och Victoria. Så ses vi där. Och nu till Dr. Gittily. A very warm welcome to Hälsosnack, uh, Dr. Marcus Gittily. Yes, great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, you are a real expert in anti-aging, and we are so much looking forward to picking your brain on that topic. But first, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, so I'm a, a physician in the United States. Um, I attended one of the uh, University of Texas uh, medical schools um, and uh, uh, uh Uh, also done postgraduate training uh, in Georgia um, at the Medical Center of Central Georgia, um, and but uh, my practice has uh, centered in Texas, um, and uh, been a physician for it'll be 30 years uh, this this year. Yeah, 30 years. Wow. Hard to believe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so my interest is um, although my specialization is in healing um, complex wounds. Uh, which doesn't sound like, you know, it relates much to uh, anti-aging. Um, it really, really does um, because we are looking at the um, limitations on healing imposed by um, many of the things that are directly related to the aging process. And uh, healing in general, the body re body's repair processes, whether that be of a, an organ like the skin where we can see the uh the need for repair and see the repair process either happening or failing uh or whether it's internal um so much of the um either the limitations on or the um success of those repair mechanisms relates back to the way we age internally and uh, so i've been very fascinated by that over the years um and i get to use the knowledge uh of Uh, anti-aging and apply it to wound healing, um, and it's very gratifying to see um, that uh, I, I've seen so many occasions where using these principles has been absolutely transformative um, in in virtually every sense um, for patients. So uh, I lead a, a big team. Uh, in, it's a multi-state practice. Practice now, 12 states uh, in, in the U.S., and uh, I'm uh, privileged to lead a team of 50 physicians and uh, mid-level practitioners, uh, surgeons, uh, internists, uh, infectious disease specialists, um, and um, and uh, we do some some really cool work, and we really have the gratifying experience of seeing people uh, heal up. So. So that's uh, that's that's me. That's really so cool, and it's so it's so exciting what you're telling us about wounds and um, and the healing. And we invited you to our podcast to uh, to dig a little deeper into the book you've written called "Growing Young: A Doctor's Guide to the New Anti-Aging." 
And we've spoken a little about this book in our episode 102, where we interviewed Jonas Bohr, who is a cyclist that read your book and applied the advice from it and got such great results that he and his friend decided to create a supplement out of it. And our listeners have also shown a huge interest in this episode as well as in the supplement Selexir. And uh, so Lotta and I thought, let's get straight to the source and find out some more. Go ahead. And, uh, and you are a, f- are a physician uh, with a great knowledge within the field of anti-aging medicine. And um, I think perhaps most of us are um, most familiar with the term anti-aging when it comes to skin products, uh, as the beauty industry has sort of hijacked the term anti-age. So first of all, what is anti-aging medicine? And also, what is aging, really? So, yes, that, those are great questions. And um, and I wrote Growing Young because um, I was fascinated by the emergence of this um, area in medicine um, that uh, for decades was simply a research interest. It wasn't a practical pursuit. Um, but uh, over the uh, 1970s and 80s um, and then into the 90s, it became increasingly practical and uh, there were many just very motivated uh, people, lay people mainly, who uh, were combing the research on aging and wanting to put it to use to try to um, to modify the aging, slow the aging process. Um, and eventually, um, uh, practicing physicians um, became increasingly aware that this was not just a pipe dream, but it was something that could be could really be done to be achieved. And so over the 1990s, this specialty uh, uh, began to emerge in, in Europe and in the United States. Um, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, for instance, uh, was birthed um, at that time. And, uh, and I was uh, one of the early uh, sort of uh, adopters, if you will, of that, that mindset. I thought this was a very useful way of taking what otherwise would just remain trapped or locked in the lab, as it were. And, and, uh, and there's so much uh, great information about health and, uh, you know, uh, breakthroughs related to health that really sort of never emerges, you know, from, from the laboratory notebooks uh, or it gets published in obscure journals and, and isn't really applied. Um, and so anti-aging was, was this great effort to bring this forward as a practical way to, to help actual people um, have what I like to call more successful aging. So um, I sort of watched this develop, um, and, uh, and although it wasn't my primary practice, I think sometimes you have an advantage when you're not uh, directly commercializing something. So it was really more of a passion and a fascination for me, um, anti-aging. And so I immersed myself in in the research as as much as I could. I was one of the first uh, physicians in the U.S. uh, to take the the board exam of the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine back in 1998. Um, And and as I watched from the sidelines, I liked a lot of things about it. Um, I thought they were on the right track in many ways. I thought the, the general idea was very good. 
we know that aging varies. You know, you can see uh, even in twin studies, you'll take uh, even identical twins, and if they have very different lifestyle situations, they'll, they will age similarly, but there will be variations just related to lifestyle factors. Um, interestingly, though, identical twins tend to have similar lifestyles. But when you look at fraternal twins and you look at um, just uh, age-matched similar people with different lifestyles, um, the aging rate, the, bio, the way we manifest aging biologically, everyone listening knows intuitively that it varies um, just immensely. So, you know, we have, all of us have friends that are at various ages, 50, 60, 70, 80, and we can think about, you know, one friend who's maybe the same age and a similar friend who seems much more decrepit or, you know, uh, is having many more problems. And and so we know that that's happening. So uh, so the question becomes, you know, why and what do we do about it? And the thing I didn't like about uh, uh, anti-aging as a specialty was that it seemed to too much be trying to monetize things like hormone therapy. And I thought, you know, there's some value, maybe uh, certainly, uh, but it's limited value. But uh, if, if that's all, you know, the, you know, the old expression, if all you have is a, is a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good mindset, especially when it comes to health. Because uh, so, so fast forward to 2010 when I wrote Growing Young, um, and I had really formed, you know, more uh, fully this sense that what we were doing wrong was we were being reductionist about aging. And, you know, reductionism is this idea that we try to, you know, and modern science is pretty guilty of this, try to may oversimplify things. We want to find one common cause. You know, we want to make one pill, right? And we, we are complex beings and complex systems, even just biologically. We're complex uh, creatures. So I wrote Growing Young to illustrate that where we were going wrong about aging was that aging is not one process. Right. Just as health is a synchronous, interlocking uh, group of processes that lead to homeostasis and wellness and thriving, aging was an interlinked breakdown of multiple processes that produce um, Whereas we would, I would like to say that health is a positive synergy where all of our, our supportive processes are doing well and they conspire together to mutually reinforce each other, these processes. Aging is a negative synergy where um, we see that as each of these processes break down, they drag the others down. So aging is sort of a negative synergy a dis-synergy. And that's why I called the system the synergy matrix because um, it's uh, it's interlocked as in a matrix. You know, all of these processes that I, I named in the book um, were in fact the, um, the, the keys to unlocking, um, if, if you consider them together, the way they link together, what aging really is. And the way out of this uh, reductionistic view of aging and the way forward to harnessing 
the the um, best ways of slowing aging and successfully aging were to uh, look at these processes, understand them, and then reinforce each one in subtle, appropriate ways, and then uh, uh, harness that fact that as they as they each improve, they mutually reinforce each other. So we get this positive synergy again. So, um, so that's that's kind of what I tried to capture in, in growing up. And um, you were mentioning these uh, nine keys or processes. Can you um, can we talk a little bit more about them individually? Talk a little bit about what they are and why they are important. Absolutely. Um, so. These these individual areas that I uh, sort of broke you know down or, or divided the aging process into um, uh, as you as you mentioned uh, there are nine of them and um, they are um, mitochondrial aging mitochondria are the energy producing systems in our cells they actually turn the food we eat into the energy currency that really powers us um, and. Um, And so they, their function declines as we age. We know that. Um, and excitingly, we can very, very powerfully reverse that, that downtrend and bring back the function of those uh, energy-producing uh, organelles in our cells. So that, that would be the first process, the, the cellular energy machinery, uh, tuning it back up. The second one would be this notion that... Um, Uh, if you've ever known a pack rat, uh, somebody that just uh, can't help but collecting everything they see, and uh, you, you know there are TV shows about these people, and uh, you know their houses are full of you know stacks of this and that and collectibles, and you can't move in in their houses sometimes, you know, and uh, because there's so much stuff. And our cells uh, uh, can have this bad habit of accumulating cellular debris. Much of it related to other abnormal processes going on that lead to uh, excessive breakdown of, of systems inside the cell. So uh, this is a very fascinating part of aging. But we know that over time, um, our cells can can take up that habit of sort of being the pack rat. And uh, it's an American expression, but, you know, in accumulating debris. And even though it tries to tidy up that debris in sort of garbage bags inside the cell, It, it can accumulate to such an extent that it actually leads to disease processes, um, many of them related to uh, heart uh, problems and, and uh, dementias, brain dysfunction. Um, so cellular debris would be the second of these vital areas that constitute what, what really uh, aging is, is, is about. The third one is there's a general tendency Uh, for us to, uh, our metabolism to become uh, impaired over time. And uh, one of the ways we, we describe this is this phenomena, you probably had shows about this, insulin resistance. Um, and it's a worldwide problem. It's the underlying problem that causes this worldwide epidemic of type 2 diabetes, which is afflicting every country. Um, and uh, so... This actually is a manifestation of accelerated aging, and so and it can be reversed. So another one of these areas that uh, that I would uh, say constitute you know what we're looking at is aging, and very exciting things happen when we reverse that. That's a very low hanging fruit, right? 
That's right. And then, uh, and then the next system would be, we actually have um, this, um, we're hearing more and more about this notion of epigenetics. Um, and what it means is, um, we, a generation ago in school, we would be taught that, well, you know, Johnny, you know, was born with this set of genes and Sally next to him was born with this set of genes and sort of like in a card game. And these were the cards that, you know, you know, Johnny was dealt and these are the cards that Sally was dealt. And that's what they have to play with the rest of their life. Mm. Let's hope it's a good hand, you know, and uh, and uh, if you got dealt a bad hand, you know, well, you were unlucky and you were doomed to be. Uh, ill or you were doomed to age, you know, unsuccessfully. Well, we now know that that's really, really far off the mark in terms of the way genetics really works. We are all born with both expressed and silent genes. And not only that, but what we call genes uh, or the systems of genes that we are born with either either in, in, uh, activated or un- inactivated, they can be turned on and off. They can be silenced. They can be modified. And that process of sort of changing the, the hand of cards you were dealt uh, actually goes on throughout life. And we can powerfully impact and influence that. Um, in, in very natural and, and very, very uh, interesting ways. And so I wrote about that in uh, the chapter on anti-aging genes. I call it activating anti-aging genes, and that literally is what is happening. We literally, in midlife, uh, in, in, in later life, we can literally modify the expression of our genes so that literally our cells behave more youthfully. So that, that would be the fourth type of, of uh, or process that is makes up what we what we would call aging. Mm, and that's so fantastic because that's such an empowering knowledge that we that there actually is something that we can do about it because like you said before we thought that like we are our genes and there's nothing we can do about it. So knowing that there is actually a lot of things that you can do to impact even genes, I think that's great. Yeah, it gives hope. It really, and, and, and as we talk more about this, so I'll, I'll sort of go through uh, uh, quickly mm-hmm. these other um, things that, what, again, what, what, what I describe as this synergy matrix that I think really make up in, as, a, as a whole um, what we call aging. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we can talk about in some more detail uh, because it really is exciting. I mean, and that's why I wrote the book because I was just, I became so passionate that so much research was languishing, um, and mainly because that there was little, there, there was no profit to be made, you know, by a drug company because these were natural substances that had been, you know, discovered. We didn't know what they were, but they'd been discovered long before and they couldn't be patented. So Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that, but that's the, that's the other exciting part of this is that we're not talking about doing really exotic things. We're talking about, um, things that you can implement, you know, within a week or two by just making a shopping list and going out or making some simple changes. So we'll talk about all that, but that is where this yeah, gets great. Re- so, so the next area would be telomere health. So many of us have heard the term telomere. Some of us haven't, uh, don't feel bad if, you know, if, if the listener hasn't heard this, but telomeres are, are very, very important structures that our cells are inside our nucleus use to 
protect our DNA. Now, DNA is the is the uh, code system where all of the, the plans for our cells and our body are stored. And whenever our body needs to either uh, uh, replicate a cell to make a new cell if the old cell is worn out, uh, or if a cell needs to make a spare part, synthesize a new structure, protein, it goes into that sort of genetic uh, code book and goes to the page, you know, necessary and pulls out the DNA, copies it, turns it into RNA. The RNA then goes out into the, the uh, uh, outside the nucleus and the spare part is made. Or in the case of the replicating cell, you know, the DNA is completely replicated, a new cell forms, you know, and, uh, and divides. Uh, um, when that happens, those telomeres are um, an essential part of the process because that DNA is, uh, is delicate. And any change in that code would be very much like if, you know, one of our computers today that we depend on, if the data gets corrupted, you know, you might see gibberish on your screen. Well, gibberish in a cell is not good. You know, we call it things like cancer, um, you know, because it leads to usually critical failures in, mm. in the system. So telomeres are critical to health. And this is the exciting thing. Um, uh, a couple of decades ago, um, one of the great discoveries in, in aging research was that as we age, our telomeres get shorter. And when they get critically short is when many of the, uh, the most obvious manifestations of aging begin to occur. And also when the diseases associated with aging in advanced age, when they start to peak. So we know more now about this. Uh, the research on telomeres, it's, it's really fun reading if, if your readers are interested in going further. But we know more, more and more each year, uh, based on telomere research, that the shorter one's telomeres get, the riskier, uh, the, the higher your risk of, of many, many maladies. Now, again, the exciting thing is we can modify our telomere length. Um, and, and that's just very, very exciting. Yeah. The next system would be um, glycation. And that's where if, if uh, any of your listeners have ever seen uh, sugar being caramelized to make uh, caramel or candy, of course, I'm not, I'm not advocating eating caramel or candy. You could do it just for an experiment, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. On splurge day, maybe. We'll talk about the splurge day. Yeah. But, uh, but the point is, uh, anyone who is seen this knows how sticky sugar is um, and how it becomes like plastic. Well, so it does that at the molecular level as well. And in our uh, carb-saturated culture, um, with our excessively high glucose levels, um, you know, our really excessive carbohydrate intakes relative to a long, long view of history, um, glycation is at, at, at just ever higher levels. Um, and glycation is the process where that sh those sugar molecules literally stick things together inside our cells. It sounds corny. It sounds, uh, you know, over uh, like an oversimplification, but it is literally true. These sugar molecules will crosslink. And so imagine uh, if you went into your uh, tool drawer in the kitchen or you wanted to get a knife to, to cut something and all of your knives were welded together all your nice cutlery and you think oh my goodness you know and you wouldn't be able to use any of them because they've now become useless well that 
What happens to our cells, it's called glycation, and it is considered to be one of the most important mechanisms um, of aging. Um, and again, excitingly, it is modifiable. Good. Yeah. So uh, the next one would be um, sort of tuning up pituitary function, I call it, and, and, and helping us self-regulate hormones because although hormone replacement is very popular now uh, in some countries more than others, very, very popular in the U.S., uh, of course, there are controversies related to it. But again, one of the things I wanted to get away from is I like the idea of helping our body get back to self-regulation and doing the things that it knows how to do. I like to support, that's a functional medicine perspective. You could call my whole approach to aging and anti-aging a functional medicine approach because I believe if you support the, our organism, support our, our, our cells, um, they self-regulate, they, they, they self-repair. Uh, and amazing things happen systemically when you do that. So again, um, I have a chapter in the book about uh, helping uh, to reestablish self-regulation of pituitary hormones um, and get away from this idea that we have to take growth hormone or, you know, these other, I think, very extreme uh, methods. So, uh, And then the next one would be inflammation. Um, there is a term that, I, that uh, is uh, being used right now, and I think very correct. Incredibly, it's uh, you may have heard the term inflammaging. I actually read it for the first time in your book, and it was such a good word. So yes, and inflammation is a hot topic in medicine. In my work, I deal with inflammation, you know, day in and day out. Uh, it is an, uh, one of the underlying themes in so many disease processes. Uh, I, you know, I, it's one of those things where I, I think, you know. Uh, uh, I, I probably um, could could uh, get ten other physicians to agree that, that within five years every disease known to man will be related back to inflammation. Mm. Um, we know oh, it's a problem, and we do know that inflammation is behind accelerated aging. So, so especially if you know someone who is aging uh, especially fast, you think, gosh, you know, you maybe you had seen them for a while, you ran into an old friend, and you think, oh my goodness, you know, they just look just, you know, 10 years older than they ought to. Um, it's a fair bet that, that that person has a high degree of inflammation. And again, it's not something they're stuck with. Uh, this is actually just an incredibly simple, actionable area. So again, another mechanism of aging um, and just like the others, you know, it's conspiring with all of these other ways that things are sort of breaking down to create a negative synergy. Um, yeah. And then one more oxidation. We've all I save this for last because it's usually the first one people talk about, um, and, and and so many of these others don't get talked about. But oxidation is very important. The, the body takes it very seriously. I mean, you can't walk, uh, you know, 100 yards uh, anywhere in the world probably without seeing something called an antioxidant, you know. So, but in the book, I talk about the difference between what we popularly term antioxidants and this real serious job that our cells have to do of protecting our, uh, themselves against the real oxidizing agents, which are often produced inside our, our very cells by things like the mitochondria. 
and that serious process is um, is I liken it in the book. You know, when we take these things that are sort of trivial, called antioxidants, you should take it because it's an antioxidant. And and I call it, you know, I say it's like sort of sending the um, the Boy Scouts to uh, a foreign country to help the soldiers, you know, fight a war. You, you don't do that. You know, the soldiers are equipped to for battle. You know, and, and uh, uh, I don't know if you know what Boy Scouts are. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> they're not soldiers. They're not soldiers. Mm-hmm. And and so so much of what we call antioxidants are, you know, their nostrums. They're they're not necessarily bad for us. But our cells uh, are assaulted constantly by oxidation. And much like the glycation we talked about, where, you know, the glycation sticks things together and and makes uh, our functional proteins uh, non-functional. But in the case of oxidation, it literally, uh, you know, can cut those proteins or um, cause them to react in ways that uh, inactivate them. So, again, it's it's like a bull in the china shop inside the cell. constantly creating damage. And if we can't deal with that, um, we will have uh, a high level of damage, which leads to accelerated aging. Um, And again, the exciting thing is uh, there are evidence-based ways to dramatically upgrade our body's antioxidant defenses. Um, And uh, so again, that's what I talk about uh, with respect to uh, controlling oxidation. But those are all the, those are the nine sort of, um, you know, ways we age and they're interlinked. Um, when one gets worse, it tends to worsen all the others. Um, and so that's where we start. And I wrote the book to say, Hey, aging is complex, but if we don't try to oversimplify it and we look at each of these areas and find an elegant evidence-based way to support our cells to reverse just that area, um, can we develop a positive synergy and pull out of that aging spiral? Yeah, yeah. I love that idea. And it, it sounds so, um, you realize that there is not just one thing to do to stop your, your body from aging. So it's very um, clever and believable that there should be several things to do at the same time to, uh, to, to help your body in the... Um, in this environment and to stop the aging processes. And also that there are things that work simultaneously in all of them or, or many of them at the same time, that uh, if you change things in your diet or you start to exercise, um, you can tr- target more of them. Yes, right. and as, e- as you bolster each one, uh, it will bolster uh, the others. Yeah. yeah. So, shall we go into your advice uh, uh, around each of these areas? What can what can we actually do about it? So, what I look at is um, uh, in each of those areas, uh, there's so much research, and so what I looked for is. And, uh, and sorry, I just have to say that this book yes. is also it's from 2010, and what we see now there's more and more research coming, just confirming what you already written about, and there's also Nobel Prize winners that uh, study these. So that's so amazing. It's yes. still very I, relevant. It, it has been really heartening to me, um, and you know it has. Although you know one always wants to sort of revise a book. Um, 
but in all of these areas, I stand by, um, you know, the, the recommendations I made in 2010. So there hasn't been a, like, it hasn't been obsolete or no, made obsolete. No. But any so if changes, you write a great book, you don't have to revise it. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I, you know, I, of course, you know, writers, you know, I, I love to write. So uh, I am uh, pining away to try to make some time to uh uh, add some more chapters, and and people have asked for recipes and things like that. But but yeah, let's we go look forward to that. Good, good. And um, so uh, uh, so what I did is I looked at each of these areas, and I wanted to find something evidence based. I wanted uh, preferably good, solid clinical studies. So much of what is recommended um, in natural medicine is based on inferences from animal studies, which are, you know, sometimes that's all you have, not, not to be overly critical, or it's, it's based on tangential research. It's based not on direct evidence of benefit to humans. And because we're complex systems, um, you know, we don't always respond, uh, we don't always understand things enough to make those inferences. So sometimes we might think based on a basic science study that if you can change some equilibrium or increase the amount of something in a cell that would be good. But when you actually do it in humans, sometimes it's underwhelming. So I wanted to find things that were clearly uh, showing benefit in real humans. So that's, again, that's one of the standards. And it had to be, it had to be substantive research. Um, because in clinical medicine, um, I, I can tell you uh, that so often um, – what, what sounds like it should be an exciting breakthrough is, is pretty ho-hum, you know, when you actually apply it. And then sometimes there are these sleeper uh, interventions that come along and wow everyone. So that's really what I wanted to do is have a book full of the wow hmm. interventions. And, uh, and so for, for, the, for the mitochondrial problem, I, I really I, I underscore this is a real wow thing. It's nat- this is natural. It's called... Uh, Peroxy, uh, uh, peroloquinolone quinone. I'm sorry, peroloquinolone quinone. Uh, say that three times fast. <laughs> no, I stick Not. with PQQ. <laughs> PQQ, that's right, exactly. So that's what, you know, you want to ask for uh, at the store. Um, you know, in the, we used it in the Selexor uh, supplement because, again, it's, it's so exciting. But PQQ is um, uh, is a compound that is natural you know it's it's found in a number of foods in very small quantities so it'd be very hard to get the 20 uh 10 or 20 milligrams that would be the desirable amount from food especially in european diets especially in u.s uh you know diets um there are some asian foods like natto that have uh higher concentrations but it's hard to to get enough from food um so pqq upgrades the number of mitochondria it makes your mitochondria perform better so that they actually create our energy uh, molecule the atp more cleanly Uh, they don't produce the uh, uh, the amount of uh, pro-oxidative or free radical compounds that are uh, become a problem with aging aging mitochondria are like old power plants that belch out a lot of black smoke. Hmm. Uh, PQQ makes your mitochondria young. It's, it's really about that simple. So you have more of them, they produce more energy, and they don't put out smog. 
So the cell benefits because now it has this, this higher energy budget. Um, you know, it can turn all the lights on. It can see what's wrong. It's got power to power making new proteins to clean things up. Um, and PQQ, you would, that sounds like something that might be a benefit. And uh, but again, you know that that we we don't know until we we try. But indeed, so I included it in the book because when you look at what it actually does for people with real problems, it really makes a difference. And uh, it's also one of those things that once you start taking it, it's unequivocal. I I don't know anyone who has taken PQQ who uh, has not said, wow, uh, in in about two days uh, because you really you feel like, wow, I, I didn't know some of the lights were off and now they're on, you know, especially with brain function. Uh, memory function improves. Uh, it actually shows improvement in uh, patients with dementia, uh, various kinds, um, Parkinson's disease, um, cardiac function improves. Um, because mitochondria are essential to the function of all body cells, um, I'd venture to say that wherever we look, we're going to start seeing that, that PQQ is, is a benefit. Uh, but again, that's one of the simple things I write about, and that's uh, sort, sort of how I recommend solving that energy crisis problem. And now uh, when you talk about it, I, I don't have as many reminding notes around me anymore. You know, I I used to have to write everything down or I forget, forget about it. But I don't have all those notes We should say that Lotta is on Selexer. Yes, I am on Selexer. It's my (laughs) new drug, (laughs) but it's not a drug. But it's like, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the areas that I feel uh, difference. So you've actually experienced the PQQ effect. Yeah, and I haven't thought about it until he was talking about it. Yeah, no, I don't have all those notes around me, you know. Cool. Yeah. And you know, isn't it interesting? It's it's not because it's stimulating. It's not, uh, you know, it's not like overdriving anything. Like sort of having a lot of caffeine would be. No. It's, it's just different. It's like more of the circuits have come back online. Yeah, I don't forget about things. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I can keep things in my head, and yes. I don't drink coffee at all, so I don't have a caffeine. I accidentally got some caffeine the other day, and I totally noticed a difference. My mind was speeding, but <laughs> now this is something different. Yes, yeah, very, very calm, but mm. you know, just effective. Uh, your brain just seems to work better. So I love PQQ, and uh, you know, I just um, you know continue to uh, to be a champion of it, and um, that's why we put it in Selexer. Um, the cellular de- cellular debris. Um, you know, it's a deep subject and, uh, and, and just, you know, thousands of research papers have been written on this. Um, but there's a, um, a, a, a nutraceutical nutritional supplement called acetyl L-carnitine, um, that has many, many great effects. And, uh, and one of them is that, um, it, it enhances, um, uh, some of the cellular systems, that are involved in um, in preventing the accumulation of cellular debris, and um, uh, so I recommend for in the cleaning up cellular debris uh, uh, chapter uh, taking a, an acetyl L-carnitine supplement. And again, you know, getting back to you know why would I choose that? Um, one of the reasons is because there's so much good research showing that it, it makes a measurable difference in, in function. 
uh, in humans. And it, again, it's one of those things that, you know, you notice when you start taking it, um, you know, you know, um, you're experiencing positive changes. It's, it's, it's unequivocal. Uh, so again, you know, I, I want to get, I, I know we don't have unlimited time, uh, but acetyl L-carnitine is widely available. Um, I believe that it makes a, um, a real impact on this tendency of cells to accumulate debris. It also helps upgrade, um, like PQQ, uh, mitochondrial function. Um, and to some extent that is probably part of its, um, effects in terms of helping cellular debris accumulation um, because it's enhancing, uh, reducing mitochondrial pollution, as it were, and enhancing energy availability. But it does many things inside the cell, uh, all of them good. Um, it's widely available. It's very inexpensive. Cool. No reason not to try. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, you know, when we get into this idea of addressing insulin resistance, um, that's a really exciting thing. This is no pun intended, low hanging fruit in health. And it's one of the things that I try. It's one of the hardest things that I do with patients because I think we're so steeped in a culture of carbohydrates. Um, and it's almost sacrilegious to talk about it. And it's mm. unfortunate. We've really promoted this misguidedly for so long that it's hard to admit, you know, and we're just stuck in this, this pattern of, you know, promoting low fat diets and lots of, uh, things like, you know, whole grains and so forth. And it really does sound, uh, it's hard to talk about as a, as a physician. Mm, and um, it, it is as a health coach too. And in, in Sweden, we have a lot of days that we celebrate different things. Like the other week, we celebrated the cinnamon bun day. So like yeah. everyone had to go out and buy cinnamon buns and have a, a feast at home. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, instead, Lotta and I, a few weeks ago, we introduced the, the sauerkraut day in Sweden. Yeah. Not, not as many celebrate it, but we're, we're going to, tr- we're working on it. We're working on next it. Next yeah. year, even more people, hopefully. <laughs> well, I, I want to hear about it next time so I can celebrate uh, with you in solidarity. But uh, yeah, it's so, so this, this isn't, you know, low hanging fruit is, a, is an expression we use in America a lot. And it's this idea that, you know, this is, you can just reach up and, and this is easy. You know, it, this is so easy and it's, it's easy and it's not because, um, again, we are, many of us sort of addicted to sugar. We're addicted to, uh, you know, uh, simple carbohydrates, but if you can start to get away from them, um, as you, as you both know, as health coaches, the health changes come so rapidly um, that if you can get through that initial period where your body's saying, Oh, I missed the carbs you know, uh, you start to feel superhuman. And I tell people this and, 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 and if they'll just do this for three or four weeks, you know, they can break through and and say, Oh my gosh, I, now I know what you, what you mean. You really do start to feel, uh, superhuman. You just have, you have more energy, uh, your mental function improves, uh, skin as, as you both know, uh, and women notice this more than men, but skin quality improves, um, 
That's actually uh, the reason I started a few years ago when I quit sugar. That was, you know, oh, if skin improves, then I should try it. But uh, after a while, my mind cleared up as well. And that's when I became a health coach. (laughs) Yes. And that's great. And I'd love to uh, sometime talk to you both more about your epiphanies that led to that, because most people do have those epiphany moments where something really bothers them that seems intractable. And then maybe they run into the right person at the right time. They hear the right podcast and they say, okay, I'm going to try it. And they, the scales fall away from their eyes and they think, oh my goodness. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You know... There is another way, and you know, then you—they're unstoppable, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they tell all their friends, and you know, of course, we all become the annoying people that are, you know, <laughs> talking about this all the time. But, uh, but, but this. So for the insulin resistance, you know, I, I have a chapter on a simple diet. It's probably similar to, um, you know, maybe what uh, what you recommend. But it's it's a whole food diet that gets away. It gets away from grain. It's, uh, it, it, it includes a lot of uh, plant material, but it's low glycemic plant material and a modest amount of protein. Uh, one of the things I find in my practice is um, people, because they really do fill up on uh, simple carbohydrates, they, they instinctively eat less protein. And I see a lot of protein malnourished people where they've lost a lot of lean body mass, uh, even in their 50s. Um, you know, I can see the, their finger bones. Uh, now, some of them have so much body fat that subcutaneous fat obscures it. But as they get older and older, uh, it's not uncommon for me to have patients in their 70s and 80s that will have extremely low lean body mass. And it's, it's uh, sad. So in addition to recommending, you know, the low glycemic diet, I really do emphasize that I think protein, if it's gotten in the right way, grass-fed protein, uh, grass-fed meat, eggs, very healthy. Uh, those are, and, and then healthy fats. So beyond reversing insulin resistance, a diet that is supportive of cellular health um, it produces transformations. Even if you take none of the supplements, if you, can, uh, if you can try it for two months, a low glycemic diet with grass-fed proteins, in abundant uh, above ground vegetables, uh, sparing you know thing uh, you know a smaller amounts of the uh, uh, you know uh, eat, uh, sweet potatoes and and you know the below ground vegetables, um, you know modest amount of hard cheese, um, it's transformative. Lots yeah. of health 
fat, the olive oil, uh, the uh, extra virgin coconut oil. Uh, Non-hydrogenated lard is actually a very, very healthy fat. Um, and again, I don't want to get too far into that, but it's mm. kind of the diet I recommend and I've seen it transform people just by itself. Yeah, and we couldn't agree more on, on that type of diet. And I was so happy to read uh, in your book that you had a chapter just uh, about diet uh, because we don't get to hear so much about how how the food actually uh, uh, impact our health. Not from a do- medical doctor anyway. No, <laughs> so that's that's really great. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so how do we activate anti-aging genes? How do we turn on these uh, youthful genes, these systems that are literally built into our cells? Uh, they're inside the nucleus. They're just waiting to be signaled, to be turned on, to make our cells go into youthful mode, uh, just like reprogramming a computer. It sounds like a pipe dream, but the research underscores it is real. And these gene systems... Um, you know, like FOXO, F-O-X-O, uh, uh, the sirtuin system, S-I-R-T-1, and, and the family of uh, the SIR genes. I don't want to get into esoteric things. I know, you know, it's not to impress the listener with, with uh, esoteric terminology. We know uh, from just, again, you know, thousands of uh, well-conducted, you know, studies now, these Gene systems are there waiting to be activated. So I chose a compound that is shown uh, in numerous studies to be able to activate these favorable, these youthifying, you know, gene systems, if you will, uh, in our cells. And resveratrol really stood out. Resveratrol is uh, found in um, red wine grapes. Um, it's, it's, it's found in, in uh, some other uh, plants. Um, it can be isolated um, many people thought that it was the basis for that the French paradox, as it has been called, which is the fact that the French seem to be at variance with all of the health recommendations about diet, you know, that uh, modern medicine has made, and yet they defy the odds and they don't have heart attacks and you know they stay uh, skinny and youthful. It may or may not be solely due to this. I'm sure there are other factors. But um, And you'd have to drink an awful lot of wine. I don't think red wine is the way to get this. I, I'm really, uh, you know, I, again, uh, that would be a whole good topic for another podcast. Um, people are drinking an awful lot of wine, maybe maybe a little bit uh, too much. But, but, <laughs> but it's not the best way to get this. You can get it in a capsule. You can get organic versions of it, um, you know, excellent uh, um, sources of resveratrol, um, you don't have to take it in high concentrations. I recommend in the book uh, a couple of good sources. Um, it works. You can it's, again, it's something that you can feel. Um, I think this is one of those things, though, that pays dividends over time, um, and modest amounts of it will slowly uh, begin to uh, promote these changes. That over time you will perceive as just increased resilience. Uh, better muscle function, better skin quality. Um, uh, you, again, most of these things you will notice uh, will improve your memory and brain function. But uh, I'm a big fan of resveratrol, and I think we'll continue to, sc- to discover more and more benefits from this. Um, and um, again, so that's my recommendation for, for 
activating these anti-aging genes. It's resveratrol. It's a readily available compound and very exciting. Cool. So um, moving on along here. Uh, so telomere health is a little more complicated. Now, there are some uh, supplements that, are, that, are, that claim to directly target these telomeres and lengthen them. I think the jury's out. Um, and so I didn't recommend. They're frightfully expensive. Uh, some of them have been more than $1,000 a month, and you, you know, get them on subscription um, uh, kind of thing. Um, and I personally right now don't take anything like that. Um, but what I did recommend was some uh, some some strategies that seem to correlate with longer telomeres. One of them is taking vitamin D. Um, if I do revise the book, I'll do a whole chapter on vitamin D. I'm a big proponent of vitamin D. Uh, if you can get it from the sunshine, great. Um, but um, vitamin D is absolutely a rock star. If I could only take one thing, I'd probably take vitamin D. And uh, how much do you take every day? So I take uh, D3. I take um, uh, 50,000 units once a week. Um, so whatever that equates to on a daily basis, um, you know, a little more than 5,000 units uh, a day. Yep. It's that's that's a safe amount. You know, I know this is a whole separate subject. You know, yeah. you could do just curious, products. curious. So many people are sedentary and they stay inside. So I'm a big advocate of taking at least five thousand units of D three a day because I think the research absolutely supports it. We know it's safe. Um, we, an interesting study uh, gave people forty thousand units a day uh, for three months, and twenty percent of them failed to get to. Um, to uh, target levels, to to uh, to optimal levels. So, twenty percent of the people taking forty thousand units a day, none of them developed anything approximating toxicity or toxic levels. So, I think we really need to dive deeper into this vitamin D question. Yeah, and it's it's, it's easy to test as well. So. If you're worried that you are are taking too much or taking too little, you can just easily and and pretty cheaply test it too. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I I'm, I was remiss; I didn't state a dose on the resveratrol, but one uh, hundred uh, milligrams a day I think is a is a good dose. You'll find much higher doses, but trans resveratrol, if you can take the trans. Uh, at 100 milligrams a day, I think is a is a nice safe dose. It will make an impact. Mm. And uh, so the vitamin D we talked about, and then a multivitamin. I am not a big advocate of multivitamins. I only advocated it in the book because again, it seemed to be for telomeres. Um, I think because they they haven't done the study. If I think if you did the study of people eating a diet like the one I recommended, which is you know low in carbohydrates, high in healthy fats, modest amount of protein, lots of fresh plant material, I think those people would have longer telomeres um, for many, many reasons. But the cool thing about telomeres is we know they can change. We didn't know that for a long time. And I think that's the take-home message about telomeres. Do all of the good things that you know how to do to take care of your body and support cellular function, and you're going to have longer telomeres, and they're going to maintain their length. Um, so, again, that's an exciting subject, and more research will will be forthcoming. Um, 
but I think the, it's an encouraging message that we can protect our telomeres and thus protect our DNA and support ourselves. So. Yeah, and we've actually talked about telomeres in the podcast uh, before because uh, I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher and there's this meditation called Kirtan Kriya that you can do that this uh, Nobel Prize laureate uh, Elizabeth Blackburn has researched and has found that it actually can lengthen your telomeres. So we've talked about that meditation in the podcast before. That's so cool. Yes. And I love that, 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 you know, again, this is how complex we are and beautifully complex that we can influence biology through, you know, something like meditation. I mean, that just we're entering an exciting era. You know, I think getting beyond reductionism and we're getting into a new exciting era where we can harness that kind of wisdom And we will see a whole new, uh, we will have to redefine what thriving and wellness is. Yeah, like, yeah, really cool. So, so glycation, we talked about the, the gumming up, the sticking together of our proteins. Um, and, and so what I look at is, um, I think a, a good strategy for doing that, again, it has multiple uh, 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 benefits, um, but the um, the strategy that I recommend um, for um, addressing just this whole process of preventing the damage to our our cells that um, that comes from um, this this uh, damage from from excessive uh, cellular glucose um, is to take um, it's called uh, beta alanine. And I, I'm trying to think of the way to, to best simplify this, um, but our cells um, make a substance called carnosine, and uh, you may have done a podcast about it before. It's an exciting substance. We know it has multiple benefits. Um, we know it's very protective of cells. Um, we we know it probably has multiple functions, but it's a simple compound. Seemingly, it's composed of two amino acids histidine and beta alanine and you can buy carnosine um, and there's some merit to taking carnosine so why didn't i recommend that we take carnosine to address glycation Um, it's because we have lots of histidine in our bodies and when you take carnosine it's c-a-r-n-o-s-i-n-e carnosine when you take it orally it gets broken down into histidine and beta alanine Um, and then your cells have to put it back together. So since we have lots of histidine floating around in general, it's, a, it's an amino acid. Um, it's abundant in our bodies. Um, we don't have so much beta alanine. Beta alanine is a what we'd call a non-protein amino acid. I don't want to get down in the weeds of the details here, but it's not used to make proteins, building blocks of our cells. It's, uh, it's used uh, uh, for, for other things. And in particular, to make this essential compound. We know it declines with age. We know that if you look at people who are aging unsuccessfully, they'll have less carnosine in their bodies. Um, so it's less expensive, and I think a, a better strategy overall to take a modest amount of uh, beta alanine. It's cheap. It's readily available. You can buy capsules of it. Uh, you can buy powder. Uh, we buy powder because it's so cheap, and there are excellent sources of it. 
Um, and it's, it's essentially tasteless. You can put it in your coffee. You won't notice the difference. Um, now there are people taking extreme amounts of it, you know, five to 10 grams. I, I'm not an advocate of that. Um, you can upgrade your cellular stores of carnosine with a modest amount, 500 milligrams, one gram, a thousand milligrams, uh, per day. We know that's safe. It's not going to do any, you know, we, we, we want to avoid, uh, artificially, uh, overdoing any of these things. And I think that's the beauty of, again, doing a whole bunch of subtle things, doing things that are natural and supportive of all of these systems. That way we don't have to do that. You know, if all you have is a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail, uh, and that image of the hammer, I mean, you know, I, I think we should be mindful of that. We don't want a hammer. You know, we want a symphony of interlocking positive changes. So 500 to 1,000 milligrams a day of beta alanine, it's cheap, it's effective, it in- increases your cellular carnosine or homocarnosine in the brain is the corresponding substance in the brain. Carnosine does a number of wonderful things, but one of the cool things it does is it can take the hit and take the the glycation hit, as it were, and be uh, and save a protein from being glycated. So, um, I think we're going to keep finding more and more reasons to upgrade carnosine. It's deeply involved in aging. Um, it's also an excellent functional antioxidant inside the cell, which is unusual. Um, so, very exciting. Reversing glycation, it's possible. It can be done. It's inexpensive. Cool. Very good. Um, the, the pituitary tune-up, can we do that? We certainly can. We know that we can improve pituitary function. Um, it's the subject of a lot of research right now. We know the pituitary, uh, the functioning of our pituitary gland, sort of that master gland at the base of the brain, it declines with age. Um, and uh, many strategies have been uh, validated over the years. Uh, we know that taking uh, glutamine uh, in certain amounts, glutamine is an amino acid, common amino acid. You can buy it in the health food store. Uh, we also know that arginine um, and uh, and uh, uh, some branch chain amino acids uh, will also, in uh, amounts over one gram, uh, will increase pituitary function. And so that's kind of the tenor of that chapter. There are some products that are available. You can, I, I would recommend, because I think they're very regional, that uh, if you've got health food stores that the listeners uh, can, uh, or that, that they uh, frequent, that they ask about something that will improve pituitary hormone production. Um, I would get away from glandular extracts. Personally, I have a reticence about it, um, I, and I don't think that's an evidence-based strategy. Um, so I'm partial to these simple amino acid strategies uh, for regulating pituitary function. I will also say that if you don't do that part of the synergy matrix, um, you will you'll you won't see uh, much of a deficit in terms of overall improvement. You can do all of the other things. And I think that pituitary function is enhanced, again, by all of these other things just because of the way the system works together. Yeah, that's good news for me because I have the um, um, the virus for um, cold sores, uh, herpes simplex. 
Yes. And so I'm very sensitive to arginine. So the arginine. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. Good. And so many people have that problem. My my wife uh, among them. Um, so uh, so moving on to inflammation again. This is very exciting. Um, I I just was so excited to find such an abundance of research on reversing inflammation. Uh, again, I said it's part of my my you know work uh, in in healing. Um, and we harness um, various methods of controlling inflammation. It's a new frontier in medicine. I think we'll start to measure our success in medicine by how much we control inflammation in the future. Um, you could think of it as like a, a you know a, a fire that's smoldering you know in your house, and you know if you have a house fire and you call the fire department, you want them to put it out. You know you don't want to put it out partly and say I think it'll be okay from here and let it smolder. Well, you know, if you look around at a crowd, you know, many of those people have a fire smoldering inside uh, and they're suffering various health limitations and maladies because of it. Uh, and as physicians, we're ignoring it. And I think that in the future, again, we'll start measuring our success by looking at how well we control inflammation. Inflammation is abnormal cell function. Um, these are ways that cells... Uh, sort of engage the fight-or-flight response at the cellular level, um, and it's provoked by many, many different environmental factors, um, mostly due to, I believe, diet. Um, and so one of the best ways to control inflammation is simply the diet we talked about. If you start eliminating things that cause inflammation from your diet, your life will change. Uh, if you did nothing else but adopt a new way of eating, uh, particularly uh, it, it, trying to l eliminate or limit grain, um, amazing things happen. Inflammation goes down. I can t attest to that. I've seen dramatic turnarounds in health from that simple measure. Uh, my wife uh, was diagnosed with Graves' disease more than 10 years ago. She was told she either had to have uh, radiation treatment and have her thyroid ablated uh, with radiation or to have it removed surgically. Uh, we've been to three different specialists. Um, she uh, sought help with a functional medicine specialist that are respected, and she simply tested her for food sensitivities, eliminated uh, gluten, uh, and in her case, uh, chicken eggs. And in two months, her thyroid function was completely normal. She was off all medications. Uh, she's rechecked periodically, but 10 years later, uh, six months ago, she had, you, no one would ever guess that she had Graves' disease. She has normal thyroid function, no, an, you know, the same antibody levels that anybody would have. Um, and again, simply by eliminating the uh, provoking inflammatory causes. So uh, I just want to, I just want to make a, a cyber high five with you now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so, so good to hear. And, um, and uh, how like how important diet is for your health. And I've actually written a book about how to do an elimination diet. So I was very happy to read in your book too about food intolerances and how much that actually can impact your health. So, and I'm happy to hear about your wife and that she's so well now. Yes, it's it's it was such a wonderful thing to see, and it just really deepen my enthusiasm, you know, uh, 10 years ago to, and commitment to, to using functional medicine principles. And I, I try to apply them, you know, in my work as a specialist. Um, and I think the future of medicine is, is, 
just is functional medicine. Um, so, but but what else can we do? You know, to control inflammation. Well, there's a really exciting substance. I know most of your listeners will have heard of it, curcumin. Um, it is considered to be one of the uh, active constituents or, you know, the, the main active constituent in turmeric, uh, which is a is the uh, uh, Asian spice that is so popular, uh, in, you know, in Asia and curries and so forth. Uh, and, you know, it's got that beautiful yellow color. Uh, curcumin is, is, uh, is the, the main source of that color. Uh, and as, as is true of so many plant pigment compounds, um, it's um, it's a powerful substance, and and it works at the cellular level, much like the uh, use of resveratrol to activate the uh, anti aging genes in our cells. Curcumin, uh, in more than thirty different ways, modulates inflammation uh, inside cells by silencing genes involved in promoting inflammation. Mm, that's so, amazing. It puts out those fires, you know, that are smoldering. Um, and, you know, a smoldering fire, I mean, it's it's a great analogy, I think, because, uh, you know, it, it, you know it, it, it can't be good, you know. Uh, and, uh, and, and what we see is that uh, this is one of the, you know, main causes of cancer is this unchecked chronic inf- inflammation in various tissues um, but it's the cause of so much other chronic disease, uh, abnormal system functioning, abnormal organ functioning. Um, uh, it's, it's so much uh, thought to be now the basis for, for instance, uh, surprising things like um, arterial damage that slowly accumulates and leads to peripheral arterial disease and coronary arter- artery disease, uh, limiting blood flow. So much of that starts as um, as underlying smoldering inflammation in those tissues. So um, it's really exciting to know, and curcumin is is validated clinically. It's not just a, an esoteric. It's not just a theoretical uh, notion. One of the ways it works is um, it silences the uh, cyclooxygenase gene that would ordinarily be producing. Uh, one of the most potent um, mediators of inflammation. It's, it's, these are the mediators of inflammation that, that are uh, in high levels in, in many of us and lead to this uh, tendency for physicians to prescribe things like ibuprofen um, and, and other anti-inflammatory substances. Um, those attempt to block that enzyme, but curcumin is actually down-regulating the enzyme so that it's not even there to begin with to produce those uh, inflammatory uh, substances. So uh, curcumin, very exciting. Um, there, I, I take uh, 200 milligrams a day. 200 milligrams twice a day is, is also a reasonable dose. Um, and uh, I think it, there's an open frontier for curcumin. We know it's going to, be, uh, to prove to be uh, important in cancer prevention, uh, in heart disease prevention, in dementia prevention, Parkinson's disease, um, so many disorders that are uh, fundamentally um, inflammatory um, will, I think, be impacted by curcumin. So very exciting substance, and uh, that's my choice for the low-hanging fruit or the easy way to, uh, to influence inflammation. So we've got one more. Yeah. Do you think your listeners can, can, uh, 
can uh, handle one more. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're sitting there with a pen and paper ready. Well, uh, I want to thank them for their patience. <laughs> so, um, the oxidation is again, you know, we're going to end with, uh, you know, one that we talk about a lot. Um, we know it's important. We know oxidative damage is, uh, like inflammation. Uh, it's at the core of so much, uh, chronic disease. We know that, uh, the ability for the body to quench free radicals and to deal with those oxidative threats declines with age. Uh, it's almost like a, a you know, uh, uh, it follows the aging curve and the signs of aging, uh, one one to one. Um, so what do we do about that? What can we do? Do we take a bunch of antioxidants that's never been proven to be helpful? It actually might be deleterious. Um, what if we could actually upgrade and turn back on our body's ability to to make its own natural antioxidant systems? Uh, and glutathione is the one I'm thinking about. Glutathione, it's something many of your listeners have heard of. Some people try to take it. Again, when you take glutathione, it's broken down. Um, it really has to be made by our cells, inside cells, to be useful. So what can we do that will provide uh, for that ability that will enhance the cellular ability to make glutathione right where it is needed? And there's a tremendous substance. Again, I, I, you know, I love all of these substances. They're, they all have just tremendous research behind them. Uh, and N-acetylcysteine, again, it's another one of these non-protein amino acids. Uh, it's an amino acid. It's not used to, to build other things, uh, but it's, it's, it's powerful in its own right. Uh, and it's used to, to uh, make glutathione. And taking N-acetylcysteine, um, and uh, the, recommended, the dose I recommend is 500 to 600 milligrams twice a day. Um, and it directly correlates with increased intracellular glutathione. Um, it, it's now been shown to make a difference in myriad uh, disease processes, uh, from psychiatric diseases, uh, from bipolar disorder to uh, Parkinson's disease. Um, we know it's, 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 this is a rock star nutrient. Uh, again, it's an open frontier. Uh, I think in the decades to come, uh, it will become a mainline treatment as medicine becomes more functionally oriented. Um, simple, it's cheap, it's, it's utterly safe. Um, so that's my choice for a, a way to um, to to reverse uh, our you know aging in the sense of uh, restoring our cells' ability to protect against uh, oxidative damage. Yeah, cool. Wow. Now we have a lot of uh, good, great tips for our listeners and to ourselves. For ourselves, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even if we read the book, you know, you, you kind of, wow, yeah, I should do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for indulging me. I know I, I, uh, I talked a lot there. I hope it was helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of helpful advice. Thank you very much. But doing all these things and, you know, the advances within anti-aging medicine, is, it's so moving forward so quickly. But what is actually possible for the human body? Like, how old can we actually become, do you think? Well, I, this is where I would point to some research that I find very tantalizing, um, you know, that is a, an excellent question. And there was a study um, that was published right around the time that I wrote the book. 
And I didn't directly treat the, the substance involved in the book because I thought um, it was a little bit early in the stage of looking at it. So it's not so much what the research was about um, or the substance involved, but in around 2010, um, an experiment showed that a, a mammal, the uh, rat, we could double its lifespan. Now, most people have never heard of this research. Um, it's very important research. It's led to a lot of other research going on. We're still not entirely sure why. Um, uh, it, it's a substance called C60, uh, the buckyball molecule, um, and uh, the C60 in olive oil. Um, uh, and it, it literally doubled the lifespan. It would have more than doubled the lifespan in that experiment. They euthanized a third of the rats. I'm sorry to say, uh, they might've lived longer, but when all of the control rats, the ones that didn't get the treatment were dead of natural causes, when all of them were dead, all of the experimental group was still alive. And then twice as old as the last con con uh, control group rat, uh, that there were still two of them alive and they were euthanized. So that tells me that, and, and they looked very youthful. They had very youthful behaviors. None of them got, uh, none of them died of pneumonia. None of them got cancer, uh, which is very common in Asian rats. So I don't want to get off on a whole new tangent, but I believe uh, what that underscores is our cells have an amazing ability um, to uh, to maintain function. And I think what we need to do is find ways to support that function. And I really do think we will be surprised uh, in the future at how long we can remain youthful. It's not so much the question, how long can we live? It is how long we can remain youthful and vital. Mm, and big difference. With the things we know how to do now, I think it will be very common for your listeners, people that are attuned to these things and doing them, putting them into practice, they're eating properly, they're exercising, they're taking prudent supplements. They will be very, very youthful. They won't be like the 90-year-olds and 100-year-olds of today. They'll be more like 60-year-olds when they're 100. And I think that's very exciting because really philosophically, one of the things that drives me is we've become kind of a youthful and immature culture. And I think part of that is because we see the older members of our population as decrepit and not, not worth listening to. And we need to shift back to the old way, which was, uh, I, I think, by vitalizing our aged population so they no longer seem, you know, um, irrelevant, but mm -hmm. they're flowing and going. They're doing new things. They're finding new frontiers. They're engaged because they're not limited, you know, by physical maladies and, uh, and, and aging. I think that will restore, I think, wisdom in our culture. So that's really, I think, an exciting frontier. Yeah. yeah. That's a wonderful picture for the future. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And, um, so we, we mentioned our interview with the cyclist uh, Jonas Bohr earlier and uh, how he, him and his friend decided to create this supplement, Selexir. Um, 
We're just curious. What what was your reaction when a couple of Swedes contacted you and wanted to make a supplement based on the advice in your book? So uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, I was um, I was a little bit surprised, um, and uh, but but I was also excited because you know I I could tell they really took this to heart, and I. I, Jonas is very inspiring, uh, and 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 I really feel that Jonas exemplifies why I wrote the book. I feel like we've had an artificial sense of the limitations of aging, and here's a here's a man who decided to pursue um, an uh, a, a an endurance sport at an elite level in his forties. And he he achieved, you know, and he continues to achieve more and more, um, and and he he's done it in such a way that he's he's done it very holistically. You know, he's he is taking, I think, the high road. He's taking care of his body. He's supporting his function. You know, not just maniacally pursuing cycling excellence, um, and and that's in that sport. I think that really. Um, is exemplary. So I immediately just, I love, you know, my interactions, you know, with Jonas, I was inspired. I I could tell he was, you know, the kind of person I wanted to be involved with. He inspired me. Um, and so it evolved from there. And as we started talking and wondering what could we do to impact and sort of, again, to carry this idea forward, you know, of healthy cellular aging. And so out of that grew, you know, eventually a supplement. We call it uh, Selexer. Um, and um, we, we uh, combined uh, a number of the ingredients, you know, that I had uh, discussed in the book, uh, along with something I, I didn't really talk about in the book, uh, which is uh, Shilajit. An interesting story about Shilajit, it's, it's an Asian, um, very, very revered, uh, anti-aging supplement uh, going back thousands of years in Asia. Uh, it, it's been wild crafted, you know, meaning collected in, in mountainous areas, very difficult to get to. Um, it's the supply chain for it is difficult. It's hard to get very high quality shilajit. So part of our challenge was to get excellent, uh, you know, very high quality shilajit. But one of the interesting things about shilajit is, um, is the substance I was talking about that led to the extreme increase in uh, lifespan of those rats, um, is, uh, the buckyball molecule, is naturally found in only a couple of uh, substances, and one of them is shilajit. So we oh. don't know, uh, but that that is, I think it's compelling. I've been involved in another project. I, I created a supplement uh, that is uh, uh, sold in the United States for pets, um, using that research from 2010, I have a patent on it with a couple of uh, other um, uh, scientists, and, and uh, it's been very popular. But in our research developing that product, we were looking for predicates or other um, confirmatories, things that had been used in by other cultures that might also contain it. And th- what we found is that she legit uh, is a predicate substance. It's, it contains the C60. So, um, but again, you know, we're, we, uh, Selexer, we're excited about it. Uh, it upgrades mitochondrial function powerfully. It's also got the L-carnitine, the acetyl L-carnitine, 
which improves cellular management of debris. Um, and I think yeah. what's uh, anyway, I, I, I know you, I'm uh-huh. going on and on, but I, yeah, I get excited about these things. No, but. no, we too. No, we, we, it's going to be a long episode. We just have a, f- a couple of questions left. So sure, go ahead. So bear with us, listeners. Yes. And and actually, um, before we get to our last couple of questions that we ask all our guests, we Jonas he kind of hinted that you're working on a supplement for women and hormonal balance. Uh, is that something you want to talk to us about? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this is an area that I really think you know needs to uh, you know develop more um, because uh, you know women are more uniquely tuned in to their aging bodies. I think it's a gift, you know, but it's also a, it's it's can be a curse at the same time because so many women just feel like they're at war with their bodies, you know, as they, as they get over 35 or 40. Um, and so we want to, uh, make a strong contribution, you know, to, to, you know, to, to, to women, to provide them with something evidence-based that is supportive of, um, uh, you know, function and health, um, also capable of alleviating some of that, the, the, um, you know, the discomforts associated with aging for women from changes in their metabolism and hormonal milieu. So, yes, we're very excited about it. Um, and, uh, we will, uh, we'll keep you apprised. We're hoping, um, that by the end of this year, um, we will have a, a production date and, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. Okay. Oh, great. Good. Very exciting. And, uh, when do you think that, uh, that product will be in the market? I'm hoping the first quarter of 2019. Um, so crossing my fingers, you know, the, uh, I, I think that's reasonable. I, I, you know, it's, 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 um, we're just waiting on some, some details related to, um, the exact formulation, the final ingredient determination, and then all the production consideration supply chain and everything but it's going to be very soon we're very excited about it oh great so it's not that long then no good okay so thank you very very much for all that uh uh, knowledge for for sharing your knowledge and for all that inspiration and before we uh, we leave you to get on with your day in texas um we have a couple of questions that we uh, ask all our guests at the end of the interview so uh, so are you ready Uh, ready. (laughs) the first question (laughs) is if you have a daily routine that makes you feel great and that you you love to do every day and that uh, may be something you do to grow young and you would like to share well what I like to do I'm an early riser Um, and so I like to get up, uh, around five o'clock every day. Um, and I try to sleep seven hours exactly. That's my sweet spot. So I, I try to, um, get in, I try to be asleep at, at 10 and get up at five. Um, and, um, I, I meditate in the morning. Um, I, we live in the country in a very beautiful spot. So if I can go outside, um, you know, and sit under the, the trees, um, 
we live along a creek. Um, that's the best. But, you know, if it uh, like today it was raining. Uh, but I just try to have some quiet time and just sort of visualize the day, um, you know, just get centered. Um, I do about 30 minutes of meditation uh, every morning. I've done that for 16 years now, mm, I want beautiful. to say. Um, I, and um, so that's my morning routine. And then I, I try to embody um, just gra- uh, gratitude. Um, I try to, you know, embody wisdom, um, graciousness. I try to... If I have worries and fears, I try to sort of, you know, present them up and dissolve them. And, and, and just look, I, I know that there will be a way forward. Uh, I use that time in the morning for inspiration um, and kind of, you know, gradually embrace the day. So, so I guess that's, that's my uh, morning routine. And then I uh, do uh, an exercise program. That is a combination of um, a, a high-intensity interval training and resistance training. Mm, great. That sounds like um, a good start. And the last question. If you only can do one thing for your health, what would that be? That would be um, eating a the diet that I, that I talked about, uh, an abundance of healthy fats, um, a modest amount of grass fed, healthy proteins and lots of fresh, uh, 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 vegetables with lots of color. And, um, that's, that's my health secret. Good. Thank you. And uh, where can people find out more about you? They can go to my um, my new website, um, which is uh, drgitterly.com. And it, I'm slowly porting old content over to it. Um, I have maybe 20 articles that will be appearing on there um, over time writing about some of the things that I'm uh, extending from the book, I'm adding to some of the chapters. And I think, I think that will become the next version of, uh, of growing young. So I call it, you know, welcome to the science of natural wellness and healthy aging. Um, I'm, I've got some photos of uh, meals that I've eaten. I discuss food, uh, discuss cell function, but if your listeners, if they go to drgitterly, D-R-G-I-T-T-E-R-L-E.com, you can also sign up. And over time, I'll be adding a lot more um, uh, uh, recent research to that page. Yeah, we put the link in the, in the notes. And also, you can get the book at selixir.se. Um, um, yeah, selixir.se. Yeah. Um, I... I uh, you know, I've, I've been distracted this, this past few years because I've, I've been the head of a medical practice that has grown so fast that I just have, have not been able to keep up with it. And uh, it's just grown from a small practice to uh, more than 200 people. And uh, 
my, my head spins sometimes. So it's, uh, it's all I can do to, you know, even though this is my passion. So I've really, uh, I, I want to commit to you guys and, and, and the listeners that, uh, I, I have not forgotten my, my passion for anti-aging. So Good. thank you. Yeah. But you're, you're doing an important work with your clinical work as well. As we understand. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you very much for taking the time to be on our show and sharing your knowledge. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, I look forward to to coming back uh, sometime. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.